Well, I see Parliament's dissolved and uh, we're now officially in election campaign Mop, mode. Mopping up the mess. <laughs> I'm actually feeling exhausted on behalf of those poor politicians and candidates. The election campaign seems to have started yeah. the moment the election date was um, set by outgoing Jacinda Ardern in January. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back to Voter Talk. Hi, I'm Heather Roy. And I'm Simon Ewing, JRVM. We're in the field again. Where are we today, Heather? Today we're out in Upper Hutt. Uh, my exhaustion for the candidates has extended to feeling the need to get out of the office. Yep, so we decided, if you haven't been out to the um, the industrial estate in Upper Hutt, the old factory that's got all sorts of places like Brewtown and I think that might be the overarching name anyway. So you can get food, drink, beer, wine. There's a distillery here. Awesome games arcade. It's hard to imagine it as the old Dunlop factory, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's pretty cool now, though. Anyway, what are we talking about today? I quite like the idea of talking about the different combinations of parties that could result from the election on 14 ah, October. the election result. What will our new government look like? Yeah, so what are the, what are the potentials? Well, in one level, it's very simple, actually. There's Labour and the Greens plus or minus to party Māori, mm-hmm. depending on what the numbers are looking like. If current polling is a true reflection, uh, then the Māori party would certainly be needed. And on the other side, National oh, and Act. Yeah, National Act. What about Winnie? I think he's going. if he if he is back in Parliament, gets over the 5% threshold, um, he's going to create uh, ructions. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But Act have been very clear that they will not work with him. So Well, they said they wouldn't work with him in Cabinet. So they could still support the government with confidence and supply. Yeah, so there's not many people that have actually not ruled about it. It's pretty much only Christopher Luxon and the National Party. Yes, yes. And when you think how clearly uh, has Sir John Key ruled him out, ruled him out um, mm. yes, makes you wonder why. Yeah. So mm. so National and Act could get to there on their own, and there's been a couple of polls recently which say that that could happen. Yep. If they fall short, who have they got to go looking for for a third wheel? Only really New Zealand first in confidence and supply, isn't it? That's right. When you look at the other small parties, um, it doesn't look like any of them, it's pretty clear actually that none of them will be able to get ahead of the uh, 5% threshold. Mm. Um, And none are looking likely at this point in time anyway to winning an electorate seat. Yeah. Which is a shame because there's an awful lot of uh, there's yeah. good ideas coming up in, in all of those parties and they yes. represent a constituency and it goes back to our frequent discussion about getting rid of the threshold completely. Yes, that's right, it does. Um, yes, we. I think that our system uh, is, or our, our parliament is actually much worse off for having that 5% threshold. So we've got that combination for a change of government. We have, uh, if the Labour government was able to cobble together a, a winning majority, they would need the Greens, and you're right, they'd need to party Maori, yep. because it's ruled out New Zealand first, so that's not a starter there. There's always the talk, very theoretically really, of a grand coalition of Labour and National, but yep. honestly I can't ever see that happening. There's not enough room in that coalition, in that uh, discussion room for all the egos. <laughs> <laughs> no. In a parallel universe, National could go into coalition with New Zealand first and leave a run a minority government with ACT on the crossbenches in confidence and supply, could they? They could. The difficulty for them in doing that would be ACT would want their pound of flesh to it agree be, to that. We'd, we'd have an early election. It would, be very, it would be very difficult, I think, to run functionally because I... My instinct would be that the demands would be so high and I think that the... Um, 
that the government would find that unpalatable. Yeah. So let's just describe what we mean by the redistribution first. So with our MMP system, when a party gets a percentage of vote which is under the 5% threshold mm. and they don't win an electorate seat, those votes, which are often referred to as wasted votes, um, they're not actually wasted, they're tallied up and then that percentage is redistributed amongst the parties that do get into Parliament proportionately. So if a party were to get 50% of the vote, they would get 50% of those redistributed votes. Mm. So the bigger parties benefit most from our smaller parties falling below the threshold? Which is one of the reasons the two big old parties are not the least bit interested in getting rid of the 5% threshold, even if it's the right thing to do because they're the major beneficiaries of it yeah but so this top yep there's the new conservatives mm-hmm. there's destiny new zealand i think sometimes poll up towards one percent mm. so if you combine all of that it's possible that there may be a redistributed redistribution of votes of around six seven percent mm. um, which is higher than usual but uh, potentially that could happen this time around that's a lot of people who have voted for a party who suddenly find that their vote has gone somewhere else and probably to a party that they didn't want it to go to. Yeah, if you want a change of government, there's less risk because national almost certainly will be the biggest chunk of votes. They'll get the biggest chunk of redistribution. So yep. still, if, you, if your little party doesn't make it, you're still going to see most of your vote go to uh, a change of government party. Interestingly, there's been much less talk this election, I think, uh, about tactical voting. Mm. So that's always been a thing in the past when the small parties are really struggling to get to the 5%. Yep. Um, the number of times I heard when I was campaigning, I oh, really love your policies, like what your party would like to do, but we're just not sure you're going to get over the 5%, so we can't, we can't risk wasting our vote. Yep. We're not hearing that this time, partly because the smaller parties are much more prominent and better supported than they have been in the past. Yes. So um, I think people are feeling that it's actually safe now to vote for the party that they want to, which is real democracy in action, and that's very pleasing. Yeah. I'll tell you what is interesting too is the size of the turnouts, public turnouts to meetings for um, opposition parties. So whereas uh, um, Hipkins and um, the Greens are doing pre-arranged, you know, meets or shots inside shopping malls or, or wherever. Or at markets. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, Luxon and Seymour are pulling big crowds. They are. Um, I know the last couple of ACT meetings that I saw reported, they were getting 250, 300 people at their crowds, and mm. that th- those are m- significantly um, more people attending than have done in the past. Yeah, and if you... Um, I did get approached by the ACT candidate for Kokoda and uh, the ACT is uh, David Seymour speaking in Blenheim on uh, next week, Monday night, okay. in the, at the uh, ASB event centre. Ah, that's got 700 seats. Yeah, it'll mm. be interesting to see what happens there when mm. they pull 250-odd in Motueka, for goodness sake. Yeah, so people are more engaged, more interested, and I think more certain that the vote that they cast is actually going to go to the party they want it to. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, I did notice Richard Preble's article in the Herald this week where he, he talked about, and I've heard him speaking about this before, where he talked about um, apathy was on track to winning two seats. Yeah, now, apathy, of course, isn't a party. <laughs> apathy would control, have the balance of power if it could be bothered. <laughs> That's what he said. And there's um, the don't knows in polls and then the number of people who don't vote. Um, it, it does seem to be increasing. And I think 
there's, that sends a signal about relevance of um, our system and our parliament uh, that shouldn't be ignored. Mm. I think he said at the last election 81% of people voted, which means 19% of people are disengaged. Yeah. Which is quite a large proportion, because mm. we're not talking about local body elections any longer. No, some serious big mm. issues to deal with. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, clearly, the bulk of people, poll after poll after poll, think the country's going in the wrong direction, and they can yeah. reinforce that in their own minds every time they go to the supermarket or, or fill up their gas tank. And of course we've seen lots and lots of policy announcements this week. They're starting to roll out. The two big parties often hold those back because they don't want the other party to steal their, steal their ideas. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, there, there isn't much time left for big-scale policy announcements. Overseas voting starts on the 27th of September and early voting here in New Zealand uh, opens on the 2nd of October. Yeah. So we're getting dangerously close to those two dates. Yeah national it's not too late to, to issue a defense policy wouldn't come on that, guys catch wouldn't up. that be good catch up <laughs> everybody else has launched theirs yeah, yeah. okay oh well hung the, parliament could it happen oh possibly possibly mm. there's always the possibility of a hung parliament um on current polling and it's not right of course as we've discussed previously just to look at individual polls. On current polling it looks unlikely, mm. but it's always possible. I think even if National and Act, for instance, looking at the poll of polls at the moment, fell just short, the redistributed vote would get them across the, the line, I think. I think it probably the would. The only situation where that might not happen is if we get an unusual outcome with the party Māori and end up with a an overhang of one or two seats. Yes. Or I guess if National and New Zealand First and some parallel universe did get together, and the national, uh, national members and voters would punish Luxon so uh, if he went with Winston Peters, I think. But it's yeah. in a parallel universe, it is possible. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway. And Winston and would forever lord it over them saying, I was the person who made Luxon Prime Minister. That's right. Oh, well, I think that's probably enough crystal ball gazing for one day. Yeah, well, the car started right next door, <laughs> so I have no idea whether you can actually hear this or not. All right, that's us for today. I'm Heather Roy. And I'm Simon Ewing, Jarvie. Catch you again soon. Bye.